This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome into the action line from WGNS. Sort of a cold Thursday morning, 28 degrees, I say, sort of. That's what I call real cold, Mitchell. How are you? I'm good, Bart, and I agree. 28 is pretty darn cold. <laughs> it's uh, Mitchell Moat Day, and Mitchell Moat from the Rutherford <laughs> County Agricultural Extension Service. Uh, sort of a slow time of the year for you out there. Again. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little quiet this time of year. Which it's, is not necessarily a bad thing. But not not the time to go out and be working uh, on your garden, I don't think. <clears throat> well, you'd be kind of limited, I guess, as, as to what <laughs> you might do. You can always find something to do outside, but uh, the the good thing is, I guess, is that uh, there's nothing so imminent that uh, you, you can't wait until the conditions improve just a little bit before you right. go out and get started today. <laughs> 28 degrees gets your attention when you step out. Yeah, that's one of those times that you you know you hope you got plenty of firewood cut up, I guess. Right. Well, let me ask you this. We're, we're watching the bugs and things of that sort, the critters that are coming in and uh, messing up our trees and some of those uh, things of that sort. Uh, have there been any more issues with the uh, uh, different insects that are infecting the area well uh, any more i'm not any new ones mm-hmm. uh i don't i guess emerald ash borer the emerald ash borer is is here uh and you know i would really it's encourage here folks here for christmas it, i mean it's it's <laughs> it's here for till I, I guess all the ash trees are gone more or less because i mean it's established in in the county and if uh, uh, if people have ash trees, uh, and it doesn't matter whether it's a green ash or a white ash or whatever, just if you have ash trees or an ash tree or multiple ash trees on in your landscape, you know, in your yard uh, that that you really think a lot of, and you want to try to protect against this ash borer, you need to you need to do it. Um, and the, the best way to protect it, I mean, the only way to protect it is to be proactive uh, and treating the tree with uh, an insecticide that will uh, be there uh, when, when, if and when. It's, it's probably not a case of, of if, but it's a case of when uh, these insects decide to, or they find your tree. And uh, it's, you know there are there are different insecticides. You a homeowner could hire uh, a, a company, uh, a service, to apply the insecticide for them. There are injectable um, insecticides that have to be. They're kind of like a syringe. You give the tree a shot, if you will. But you know, mm-hmm. holes are drilled into the tree, and they got press, pressurized cartridges that inject the insecticide uh, into the tree. Or there are uh, soil applied systemic insecticides that a homeowner can use themselves uh and and both have proven to be uh, relatively effective against uh, or protecting against the emerald ash borer 
And the key there, though, is to uh, protect against, be proactive about it, to have the tree treated prior to uh, an attack by the insect pest. Um, once once the insect is there, uh, it's it's not going to be effective to come in and treat the tree, and that insect side is going to reach in there and you know and, and kill those insects because I mean, once they're there, they, you know, anytime they're there, they're doing damage to the tree. And in, in states where you know, this they've had it. For example, Ohio uh, is 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 a state that was uh, had their ash tree population pretty well decimated, as I understand it, uh, by uh, by the ash borer. And you know, there are examples uh, uh, here in Murfreesboro and around Rutherford County. We've seen ash trees that uh, are having to be removed because of damage uh, from from the insect. So. Again, if you have ash trees uh, and, and you want to protect them, if you think uh, a lot of those trees, if you want to keep them in your landscape, then you need to uh, you need to be proactive and, and do those treatments. Now, if you're a homeowner and you want to treat the tree yourself, uh, the soil applied systemic insecticides. You're looking for products that contain an active ingredient such as imidacloprid. Um, uh, there are various brands that are out there. Uh, in, the brand doesn't matter. You're just looking for that ingredient. Again, it's called imidacloprid. Now, the, the tree uh, has to be growing, actively growing, in order for the uh, for this insecticide, this imidacloprid insecticide, to be moved up into the tree because it is soil applied systemic. So you don't have to spray the tree. You don't. You don't do any. You don't require any special equipment. It's, it's applied uh, to the ground around the base of the tree, and it soaks in the ground. The tree roots absorb it, and then just through the natural, you know, movement of of, of fluids up and down in the tree, uh, it's translocated from the roots all the way up into the canopy of the tree, so that when uh, an uh, a susceptible insect and the emerald ash borer is susceptible to this imidacloprid, when it when it feeds on the tree, it ingests the insecticide, and, and thus, you know, it causes control. But the tree's got to be growing uh, in order for that to work. So probably the better time to make that application is early in the spring when new growth initiates, when you start seeing growth on the tree. Um, the uh, uh, the injectable products, you know, if you wanted to uh, leave it up to uh, a professional, uh, which you would have to have a professional to use some of the injectable materials, you know, contact uh, uh, one of the the licensed and certified companies that uh, uh, do so, you know apply pesticides to trees and shrubs uh, around the county, and they can they can help you with that. Okay, so if you're having uh, issues with those emerald ash borers, that's what to do. If you didn't get it all, maybe you were driving to work. Well, if you're having issues with them, man, that's just probably too late to do anything late. you're okay. talking about, maybe finding somebody to remove the tree for you. But if you want to avoid having issues with it, then you want to be proactive. And, and again, you know, if you're driving down the road, you're saying, well, dang, what, what was that name of that stuff he said? That yeah. Get a what? Uh, I didn't get that down. You know, you call us at the Extension Service Office at 615-898-7710, and we'll be glad to talk with you about that. And also, the uh, state of Tennessee Department of Agriculture uh, has on the their uh, Tennessee Department of Agriculture webpage, they have a, an emerald ash borer, uh, uh, a dedicated section, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, resources, uh, it talks about, you know, the, it's got pictures of the bug itself, both the larval stage as well as the adult stage, um, uh, how, to, you know, how to recognize the damage from it, uh, the symptoms that you have the thing, uh, and then, you know, the control products, recommended control products, uh, and that's you just Tennessee.gov, uh, 
uh, Department of Agriculture, you know, Google, just different ways you want to do that. But uh, uh, this the uh, Emerald Ashbore Resource page is located on the home page. It's a tab there on the home page of the uh, Tennessee Department of Agriculture website. And I know if you go up to Gatlinburg and enjoy the beautiful Smoky Mountains, you can look out over there and you see a lot of tall, big trees with no leaves. They're dead. Emerald Ashbore. <clears throat> well, not, not necessarily up in that part of the world. I mean, it, it, there there are several counties uh, in in the state that uh, uh, have been, you know, verified to have populations of Emerald Ashbore. But they've also, you know, back in uh, or up in East Tennessee, they've had some different insects uh, get into some of those evergreen trees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the. Uh, Oh, it's an adelogid. It's a, uh, oh, shoot, I forget the exact name, but uh, uh, it's a, a sucking insect that is attacked, um, uh, the, the evergreen spruces and so on. Yeah, that uh-huh. uh, lo- that's, that's a lot of what you see is dead uh, in those trees. Now, have those come this way yet? Uh, and do we have that kind of tree? Well, well, we've got, you know, different evergreen trees, and they'll attack different evergreen. And there are, an adelogid is a, is a, it's a kind of an aphid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess would be the best way to describe it. No, uh, we we don't necessarily have that one here. Don't want uh, it either. <laughs> well, you know, we've got plenty to go. We got we got enough. Uh, there's no shortage of bugs, uh, and you know, I, I don't know that any new ones are being created. But sometimes they're hitching rides and coming in from other places and becoming. And so that's how they. Move yeah, the, you know, like the fire ants. <clears throat> we didn't have any fire ants in the United yeah, States I, I until yeah. like maybe. Mm, in the 30s, 1935, 36, somewhere along in there, is uh, when uh, when folks think that the uh, the, the, the imported fire ant, uh, well, that's why it's called imported fire ant, because it's not native to, this, it's not native to the United States. Uh, it came in, uh, it's, it's thought, in the port of Mobile, Alabama, on, a, uh, on something, you know, probably, I mean, something that had some soil associated with it, and it you know they they got established in the south uh, in the southern the deep south part of the united states and and they have moved northward uh and and they have uh, adapted uh to uh, the reason they started in the south um is you know they you know cold will kill them um it, they they don't tolerate super cold temperatures but they have become a little better adapted to cold as time has progressed and uh uh, actually, there are a couple of different, uh, there, there are two different species of them. There's a red fire ant and a black fire ant. <clears throat> well, those things crossed and they hybridized, and there's there's the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the the red and black fire ant, I guess. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, the, I mean, so, I mean, I just use that as an example of uh, how these things get here. They, they, they come in on, on stuff, you know, that mm-hmm. we import from right. other countries. Right. And then once they're in the United States, they spread by various means. Uh, the emerald ash borer, uh, probably a, a very a very likely way this has been spread is people moving firewood mm-hmm. uh, from uh, different places. You know, you, sure, you, sure. you, you go camping and you, you, t- you take firewood with you because you don't want to buy firewood uh, wherever it is you're going. And um, you, you, you're in a county, you're in a place that has emerald ash borer. And you take some firewood, and you know, unknown to you, there may be some in there in that firewood. And you take it to another place, and you don't use all the firewood. Well, you don't take it back home with you; you leave it there. And so you've introduced the bug out of those places, and and they can, you know, they fly. Adults fly. Uh, they can be caught up uh, 
uh, on a vehicle or, or mm-hmm. you know, in stuff. A fire ant's been moved around the state uh, in, in, in sod, you know, for example, or possibly in the, in the root ball of plants that have been dug and shipped places. That's why nurseries have to, uh, you know, they, go, they have a fire ant uh, mitigation uh, protocol that the Department of Agriculture instituted several years ago that they've got to go through these steps in order to be able to, to move uh, plant material from, from one place to another. Uh, and it could happen uh, hay that's stored on the ground that's in contact with the soil. You know, that, that, that the fire ants can move up into the that bottom layer of that hay. And then if, you know, a big roll of hay is moved uh, from one, you know, a fellow, a producer over here in this county buys it from this other county and carries it, had fire ants in it, well, so they've moved the fire ants there. So that's how things get spread around. We got an email here from a listener and saying that uh, they may have done the wrong thing, but their families made the decision to get a living Christmas tree that they can plant after Christmas. We have not purchased it yet. Is it too late to purchase it? And what should we be thinking about when we purchase it? Well, you know, get a, get get a, get one that you like. Okay, get get get, get the kind that you like. <laughs> don't get the one you don't like. Uh, yeah, don't get one that you don't like. Um. Are you going to – you need one of a size that you can handle. Yeah. I mean, these things are heavy. They've got a heavy root ball on them. And, you know, you're not too late. Uh, assuming that you can still – you know, that, that if the retail centers are – Where do you get those? Uh, nurseries. Uh, okay. Because yeah. I, I, I haven't seen them at places that sell – haven't seen that many Christmas tree sales places, really. Uh, come to think about it. Well, most – you know – you used I, to see them out on the parking lots of different. Yeah, stores? I've seen a I've seen, I've seen I've seen a Boy Scout troop that had okay. theirs, but I mean they weren't up long. Uh, they were open like uh, you know Thanksgiving week and a couple of weeks they were they were sold out. You know yeah. they're they're out they're they're closed. So up are out they in short? But oh, no, they're not in short supply. Uh, uh, you know the, the garden centers uh, uh, they've all and still do. I mean mm-hmm. at least uh, in in my area travel i see them but uh, okay. still still there in the garden centers and so on people have them for sale but uh on nurseries uh you know that sell living plants uh you can buy a living christmas tree there so but you know buy buy, buy one that you can handle uh mm-hmm. that uh, of a size that you can move in and move out you don't want to take it in um to the house you know any sooner than, than you have to uh because you know it's a different environment in there it's going to be warmer probably going to be drier inside you know less humidity inside um it, it's probably a good idea to kind of transition it from the outside to the inside so what, what are we we're we're a week away from christmas so you yeah, know now's now's a good time i guess uh maybe uh if if you uh you, you pick one up let's say today you know take it into the garage uh, a night or two and, and, and kind of let it transition from uh uh, from a totally unprotected space from being outside into a garage where you do have a protected space but it's not heated and cool and then move it into the house and decorate it and uh, uh, and then as soon as you can after christmas you know take your decorations off and kind of follow those steps backwards take it back out into the garage and leave it a day or two to kind of transition from that warm uh, dry space inside to the unheated space but still protected and then take it outside uh, and decide where you're going to put it make sure that the space that you're going to put it in to live forever and you hope it's going to be a long time you want a long-term relationship with this tree and so uh, how do you know how big it'll be again well again the nursery the, the folks the folks you buy it from can oh, okay. tell you how big it should be okay. yeah yeah uh, and, and you need to keep that in mind 
is it, put it in a space that will accommodate its size. Um, you know, most trees are going to be sold as Christmas trees, whether it's a pine tree or whether it's a. Uh, uh, there are there are Leland cypress that are used as Christmas trees, and they make very pretty Christmas trees. Do not choose one of those as a living tree, okay? Because that's not going to be a good long term tree for you. So, so don't don't buy a living, yeah. don't buy a Leland cypress Christmas tree okay. to plant in your landscape. Do not do that. But uh, some of these pine species, and that's commonly what you're going to find uh, at the. Uh, um, well, no, you can find other species. Now, at, do at the, the pine center. trees leave a lot of debris on the ground? Is that a well? They all all do. All evergreens are going to shed needles. Okay. But uh, you know there uh, there's some spruces uh, 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 that can be um, uh, grown here. Uh, and you know, typically if a garden if a nursery is selling the tree, they're typically going to sell things that that can grow mm-hmm. here because that makes sense. Yeah, because they want people to come back to them, you know, in the future. So <laughs> they're not going to try to sell you something that has no chance of living here. But anyway, choose one that will fit in the space that you want to put it in. There's not. Uh, uh, you know, none of these trees need to be planted real, real close to the house. Uh, put it out in the yard. Uh, so when you say not close, you're talking about... Uh, so if the thing's going to have, uh, you know, a 30-foot uh, uh, diameter when it's mature, uh, mm-hmm. you don't want to plant it, you know, 10 feet away from the house because that's too close. Uh, I mean, half a 30 is 15, and so, sure. you know, it, it, it still can't... So out in the yard is Yeah, better. put it out in the yard where you got space for it. Don't plant it under a power line it's where it's going to have to be uh, come back at some point so to an electric company. Too. They can get tall. Some can. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that the power company's not going to have to come back and, uh, you know, prune it uh, to keep it out of the right-of-way, to keep it out of the power line, things like that. So be thinking about, but ask your garden center yeah, what's how the big it's going to be. What's, you know, think and, about and the height, say, think about the width. Forget the Leland cypress. You don't want a Leland cypress to plant as a, a living Christmas tree. You don't want to put that in your landscape. Okay. Uh, because no. it will let you down. It will it will get sick and die. Generally, they will do that. Another text which sort of follows up on the Leland cypress, they said, uh, I'm glad that person asked the question because I've been wanting to do that too. But I wanted to know what kind of tree does best here. Uh, so it's a little different from Leland. You're saying don't do the Leland yeah, cypress, don't but do, don't do what Leland should cypress. you get? What does best? You know, a lot of juniper species uh, will will be... You know, very satisfactory. And there are uh, a multitude of different juniper species. Uh, some of the pine species uh, do well. Uh, but a white pine is is probably not the best adapted pine tree, uh, but but some of the others will be uh, better adapted for you. I think. Um, you know, again, in, in most instances, most instances, the 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 plants that the garden center is offering uh that the nursery is offering are plants that are adapted now yes they do sell a lot of leaf cypress uh and and that's the one you said don't and that's get. One don't plant yeah <laughs> uh and it'll grow here it will grow here but they are problematic they are disease prone okay as far as as far as them you know they'll survive in the climate they'll do that but uh, they are they are disease prone uh, okay so be a good idea to avoid that. Uh, just out of curiosity, because you, you look back in history about Rutherford County, uh, was the cedar capital of the world, the mm-hmm. biggest cedar bucket in the world. And is that, here. you know, cedar is a juniper. That's that's what it's. Oh, it's, okay, it's, so okay. It's a juniper. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you: yeah. is, is cedar a good one, or is that the, a? The, and, and well, you know, there there are lots of us uh, that. Uh, 
uh, until we until we left home, didn't know there was any other kind of Christmas tree except uh, a right. red cedar that's tree. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the that's, smell that's of what Christmas. I grew up with, and uh, you know, folks uh, of. Uh, Depending on where you're from, uh, in the state of Tennessee, or you know anywhere in the southeast, I guess uh, that very well may have been what you were used to. But yes, uh, they, they can certainly make fine Christmas trees. So uh, those are some ideas that uh, you might want to want to check out. And uh, how soon should you say plant it right after Christmas? Take it out. Yeah, you don't, don't want to leave it. it. It it doesn't benefit it being in the house uh, any extended period of time. But again, you want to. Uh, kind of go through that uh transitional period uh from the inside or from the once you take it into the house you want to transition it back out again so instead of just taking it you know instead of letting it be a, a a drastic shock where you take it out of the the warm drier conditions inside the home uh, again move it out in the garage or um uh, some some space uh, if you don't have a garage maybe uh maybe into a uh, an outdoor um shed the storage barn something like that so that it is uh uh, it's not inside anymore but it it is in an unconditioned space so it kind of gets used to the colder temperatures but it's not uh exposed to wind and whatnot for a couple of days just to kind of uh uh acclimate or reacclimate to being outside and then take it out and, and and you know put it in the ground as soon as you can uh decide where you want it get the hole ready uh and 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 put it in there all righty our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty mitchell motes with us this morning from the rutherford county agricultural extension service stay with us we're going to pause for just a moment check on the traffic and weather and we'll be right back stay here You may think money problems are just impossible to fix. Get sound advice with Dave Ramsey one to four weekdays, followed by certified financial planner Jason Qualls at four. As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas's chicken and rice soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States. And you can order that soup online at DemasFamilyKitchen.com. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. If your fish tank is looking a little dated, now is the perfect time to freshen it up before hosting holiday events. Here at Animal City, brighten up your living space with an aquarium. Or new background for your reptiles. Animal City would love to help you with your pet needs. And for the pet lover on your list, an Animal City gift card makes the perfect gift. This is Amanda from Animal City. Come do business with Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. 
Good morning. Traffic's moving right now on 840, headed over towards Franklin, Williamson County. It's just busy out here. We, you would expect this time of the morning up and down sections of Las Cassius Pike and also at Middle Tennessee Boulevard, especially as you come up past the college. Hey, to cater your next holiday party, call Princess Hot Chicken or go online, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Let's take a look at that Murfreesboro weather brought to you by Capstar Bank. Partial sunshine develops here for this afternoon with a high into the upper 30s. Northwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies develop below near 23. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 27. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. It's the most wonderful time of the with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hey, welcome back. I think everybody will agree it is the most wonderful time of the year. And certainly Jacqueline King will agree. She is the good neighbor of the day today. Jacqueline King. And the person who nominated her said that's because of her willingness to always help a friend. Jacqueline King will receive flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Why don't you head over to Ryan's and check out their beautiful floral arrangements. It'll make any family gathering or Christmas celebration just perfect. Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts, 117 South Academy Street. Nice folks over there, too. And our birthday winner today is Maurice Allen. Maurice Allen gets uh, the choice of some goodies from Simply Pure Sweets Bakery and Cafe. That's the place that makes the fresh bread every morning. And it's waiting for you right there at Simply Pure Sweets on the east side of the Murfreesboro Square. Go by and see the folks at this family business, Chantel and Matthew up there, making folks happy every day. 128 North Church Street. You can't beat fresh baked bread, I tell you. No, when it's hot. Yeah. Uh, you get you know, to go, go up there talk and about the smell of Christmas and, oh, and, yeah. and baking bread is, uh, I guess that's, that's, the, that's the smell of comfort. I, I want a loaf of that uh, yeah. right out of the oven, and I brought my butter with me. I'm going to just eat it here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, if you've never had fresh baked bread and, and, and home churned butter that, that came, oh, man, that, that came, that, that came from the cream yeah. uh, that, that you milked uh, from the cow, and you, you, let it, you let that milk set up and let that cream separate and collected that cream off the top and churned it into butter. Oh, you, you're missing something. You really so take something. your own butter up there right off the farm. Well, in, in a perfect world, you would, yeah. 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 <laughs> but even if somebody else churned it, it's pretty good. Yeah. Put a little cinnamon in it, maybe. A little honey. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty good stuff. Oh, uh, let's forget the rest of the show. Let's just go up there. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> What what about some of these uh, Christmas cactuses and uh, poinsettias, things of that sort? 
Uh, any particular care that we need to be ready to give these plants? Well, you know, poinsettias, um, probably the better thing to do is to, to view the poinsettia as a, uh, as a bouquet uh, in in. It, I mean, it's just simpler buying new ones every year than it is trying to keep them yeah. alive and propagate them throughout the year and so on. And it can be done. You People can do it. Uh, they can. But uh, to get them to come back and, and, and to, to have that nice uh, color show that you, that you associate with Christmas poinsettias can be difficult. Uh, so, and again, and you, there, there's information out there that will take you through the steps of how you do it and how much dark they've got to have, how many how many days of reduced light and, and so on uh, do you need, and do you, you 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 force them into a dormant period, uh, et cetera, things like that. There's a whole protocol that you go through that, that, that folks can, you know, if they're interested in it, they can, you know, get that information and follow those guidelines. Uh, but probably the, the simpler thing to do uh, is, uh, you know, just just view it as a, as a bouquet that's not going to last forever. <laughs> but when you when you bring it home with you, uh, oh, it's, 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 a, it's yeah. a warm weather plant. So, you know, don't, don't put it right up against the, a cold window and, and let that those uh, the foliage come into contact with, with cold uh, uh, glass because that can cause some, you know, damage to it and stress it. Uh, don't let it dry out uh, you know keep it moist and you know water it every once in a while and to use your finger to check the the, the moisture uh if if the the upper inch uh, of the soil feels dry then it needs another drink of water uh, mm-hmm. but you know that's for, for a poinsettia that's about what you need to do i guess as far as the uh, the cactus you know now those things they're perennials and and a lot they're they're pretty easy to grow. Uh, pretty the easy cactus to grow. is easy. Yeah, they are. Uh, they just need a good, well drained soil. Uh, they don't. They don't need to be. Uh, uh, they don't need to be waterlogged, and but but they do need moisture. Even though it's well, it's a cactus. Well, but it's it's not a desert cactus though. You know, so they need some moisture. So is it a cactus for this area? Is it or, from this area? Uh, well, no, I don't think it's a native of Tennessee. But uh, cool, I, I, cooler to tell you the truth, I'm not. I'm not sure. Where the cat, where it, where it originated? If uh-huh. they're native to North America, I, I couldn't tell. You, I don't know, um, but they uh, they're they're good indoor plants, and you know you, they need to be moist, but not not super wet, not dried out. Uh, they can tolerate a fairly wide range of temperatures. Um, and you know, temperature and the amount of light they get influences. Uh, uh, when they uh, when they uh, uh, produce buds that will flower. And you can certainly get them uh, uh, to flower in the uh, around the holiday time, around the, you know between Thanksgiving and Christmas, or depending on uh, depending on how you store them, um, and and uh, uh, how, not how you store them, but but where you keep them through uh, throughout the year, uh, how much sunlight they get, what the temperature is, that's going to influence. Do they bloom in the spring of the year? Do they bloom in the summertime? Uh, but you know that that's they're pretty easy. Uh, does it take a lot of? Doesn't take a lot of fertility. Um, you know, probably a uh, a, a tablespoon of uh, uh, just a complete fertilizer, like a you know a, a twenty 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 a fifteen fifteen fifteen, and a gallon of water. Uh, you know, every uh, water every uh, 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 couple of weeks or so. You know, in in the, in the water to, to that you're using just to keep the plant from drying out is adequate to, uh, nutrition. Um, they're they're pretty easy to propagate. Uh, you know, you take one of these. Uh, 
and, and probably the most common one that, that people have is actually a Thanksgiving cactus. Uh, it's the one that's got the, the kind of the points on mm-hmm. the ends of mm-hmm. the leaves out there. You know, take a just just break off a couple of sections uh, and you know dip it in some rooting hormone and some moist, uh, and then put it in some moist potting soil and it'll root. And you can start a new one, uh, but they're they're pretty easy to take care of. Again, uh, when I say they tolerate uh, a fairly wide uh, range of temperatures, I'm not I'm not talking about freezing temperatures. Sure, now, you know, you know, 50 degrees to 90 degrees in there. 28 is not a good one. 28 is not a good temperature for them. It's not, you know, I guess it's good for, for hog-killing weather, but for, you know, growing <laughs> cactus and whatnot, it's probably not that good. We have a text here from a listener who said, I'm glad you brought up the dropping, uh, the, the watering of the, uh, the plants. And they said that uh, they had had uh, some of the plants that we've talked about and the leaves have fallen off, and somebody said that meant you had too much water. Somebody else said it wasn't enough water. Which is it? it, it, it yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, too much water, what, 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 what does that do? Uh, if, if, what is too much water? Well, that just means that uh, uh, the, the soil is waterlogged, I mm-hmm. guess, would be yeah. a way to describe that. So... Plants, you know, the roots of plants need uh, they need water and they need oxygen, and 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 so where where does that where does that oxygen and water where where does it fit into the soil? Where does it reside in the soil? Whether it's growing media, you know, that you bought in a bag and put in a pot, well, that, that's the soil. That's the media that that plant's growing in, or whether it's growing in the ground outside. So, so that water and that air has to reside in the in the spaces, the pore spaces between the solid parts of that growing medium. Okay, so if if the uh, uh, if if the soil is too dry, there's not enough moisture there. It cannot pull moisture out. So the plant starts to show uh, signs of uh, you know stress, mm-hmm. uh, and and you can see leaves curl and, and drop off. Okay, so so if you have excess water what what happens well when you have excess water then then the the majority if not all of the pore spaces are full of water well if they're full of water there's no space in there for oxygen and 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 the plants have got to have oxygen okay and and so in essence uh, the the roots drown because they they don't have oxygen anymore and if they have roots that are if you have a, a root system where roots are drowning then then you have a uh, you have a compromised root system, and it, you don't have that root system there that can uh, take uh, moisture out of uh, out of the uh, uh, out of the soil and move it up in the plant. So the 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 symptoms of excess water and in, in a, a lack of water can mimic one another because you know in essence it's the result of. They're not being enough water moving up into the plant. In one case, it's because, you know, you drown the roots and, and they're not there in the same uh, quantity they were before to, to pull water out of the soil. And in the other case, there's not enough water in the soil for them to pull out. So uh, moist, but not, but, but not wet. Uh, and that's the reason you need to check those periodically. You know, in the, in the fingertip method is, is not a bad way to do that. Um, if the upper inch of the soil is it feels dry, uh, if you put your finger down in there, then you need to add some water to it. And a way to avoid water logging is to make sure that uh, the container that it's in will drain, uh, that, that the water doesn't just collect in the bottom. 
and every time you add more water, you know, you just keep filling it up until uh, you, you've got the entire uh, uh, column of soil that's, that's in this container, uh, you know, totally saturated. But uh, you know, it just take, it takes uh, uh, it, it takes some management. Uh, it, you know, you've got to pay attention to things and you know examine that. We have another text here from a listener. This one says they've just recently moved into town. And uh, their yard is sort of sparse-looking as far as shrubs and trees and things of that sort. Is it too soon to plant some trees and bushes uh, and maybe give them a chance to start growing? Or should they wait till later in the spring? No, now, you know, now would not be... uh, uh a terribly bad time you know fall is 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 probably the for for most trees for most shrubs fall is probably the uh the best time i guess if there is such a thing as the best time um when the plant is not actively growing uh is a uh, at least above ground is a good time uh in most instances to establish those uh, as long as the ground's not frozen to the point that you can't uh, excavate the hole uh, of the correct size and shape that you need to you know you should you should be okay um a good thing about uh the fall and in, in the early part of the winter is that um you know, typically there's there's adequate moisture, uh, or at least more more consistent moisture than there can be uh, in, in other parts of the year. So watering may not be uh, as much of a concern. But even though it, it's winter time and and the plants are uh, are dormant, you know that the roots still need water because root growth will will take place generally at much lower temperatures than will above ground growth, and that's the reason that uh, it can be very successful establishing those plants in the uh, in the fall and early winter time frame because you know daytime temperatures nighttime temperatures stay uh, above uh, above the level uh, that, that root growth will will occur so uh, even though you don't have growth taking place above ground uh, you, you may have new root growth uh, uh, initiated and that's a plus because you know you want the plant to uh, uh, it's got to put roots out into the ground around it in order to, to establish itself and so, so, so to answer the question, boy, I said a lot, but the, yes, yes, you can. It's not too early to do that, or it's, it's not too late to do that. Uh, but you, you could, you know, you could do it uh, in early spring. What's early spring? Well, the calendar spring starts in March, right? But uh, very often, uh, just based on the weather conditions, we'll have spring-like conditions uh, in, in February. And, you know, that, so that late winter time uh, is, is not a bad time to uh, think about putting in new plants as well. Okay. Uh, another person says that they normally have given away Easter lilies during the Christmas season. They just think they're pretty plants and enjoy giving them. Uh, are those plants that require a lot of uh, maintenance to to live? Uh, not 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 with my own personal experience. They don't require a lot of maintenance. Again, you know, keep them in a place that gets. So, some light uh, protected from, you know, temperature extremes uh, and maintain uh, moisture. You know, not not too dry, not too wet, but uh, they're pretty easy to to tend to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's something you need to sort of look around. And and again, I guess it's it's like you had said with the trees. Uh, when you go to a nursery, they're not going to sell you something that's uh, a bear to take care of. And with a florist, they're not going to sell you something that you wouldn't enjoy either. 
Well, you'd hope not. Yeah, absolutely. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can talk or text whichever you prefer. Lots of you are texting this morning, and that may be the way that you enjoy doing it the most. So whatever floats your boat, 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather. Mitchell Boats with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. We got a phone call here. Uh, we'll go to the phone when we get right back. So hold on. GNS and our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. Now more than ever, count on WGNS. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gift needs. We have a wide selection of items for any unique gift. Also, if you have feathered friends or furry friends, we have what you need. And if you're needing some clothing... Come check out our Carhartt. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middleton Sea Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop with us. Come on over to the Co-op Farm and Home Center and say hi to Tina Fox. Bud's Tire Pros makes buying tires simpler, so you can get back to when being on the move was carefree. For a limited time, get up to a $120 reward card after submission when you bundle at least two new qualifying Michelin or BF Goodrich passenger or light truck tires, as well as select Michelin motorcycle, scooter, and bicycle tires. Or get a $120 reward card per purchase of four new Michelin Cross Climate 2 tires. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. Find out more at BudsTireProsTN.com. See store for complete details. Offers valid from November 18th, 2020 through December 9th, 2020. Void where prohibited. Good morning. Traffic's moving right now on 840, headed over towards Franklin, Williamson County. It's just busy out here. You would expect this time of the morning, up and down sections of Las Cassius Pike and also at Middle Tennessee Boulevard, especially as you come up past the college. Hey, to cater your next holiday party, call Prince's Hot Chicken or go online, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Partial sunshine develops here for this afternoon with a high into the upper 30s. Northwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies develop below near 23. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 27. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Broadcasting to every nook and cranny of Rutherford County's 618 square miles. FM 100.5, 101.9, and AM 1450. Hey, welcome back. We are having a party up here today. Our phone number is 615 
893-1450. And let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Doing good. Uh, good morning, Mitchell. Good morning, Bart. Good morning. Merry Christmas to and, you. And to you, Bart, and to you, Mitchell. Um, I've sent a couple of texts, Bart. I guess they're not going through somehow. I didn't see them. I'm sorry. We're getting everybody else's text, but I didn't get that one. Well, uh, what was your question? Uh, um, there's always the phone. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mitchell, I've got a couple of Cleveland pear trees in my front yard. And yes. These are pretty mature trees. Uh, obviously, I understand there is they they did change and from a from a pear and they created, I guess, the Cleveland from the Bradford. Um, and those things, lifespan, I understand, are not that long. And also in pruning those, they just don't seem to come back, I don't believe, like the like the Bradford. You can't hardly kill a Bradford. I know people that's cut them down all the way and they start sprouting back up. Yeah, fruit um, But uh, I need some ideas on these two Clevelands. They're pretty mature. And is it worth my while to prune those at some some way they're pretty pretty tall trees and will they come back uh i'm told not to bob them off like you do a bradford uh need some help with that if you don't oh, mind Mitchell. okay um <clears throat> so why do people prune trees in the first place um you know do do trees need to be pruned uh well you know, you think about all the acres and acres in the world that are covered with, with forest, and, and nobody's pruning those, and they seem to be doing okay. So, you know, for the most part, trees don't need to be pruned in order to, to survive and live and reproduce and do what, you know, their purpose in life is to do. Now, <clears throat> you're, you're, you're talking about pruning yours. It, are they, uh, are they, have they exceeded their space? Is, is that a concern? Mitchell, they, they, and there's a lot of people I've seen in Murfreesboro in these newer subdivisions, they're planting stuff a little too close to the house. You yeah. touched on that earlier. Okay. And these are a little bit, not L- too, close. but a little bit close. Okay, okay. And uh, I'm thinking cosmetically and also to enhance their growth. Okay. Um, and I'm quite quite afraid to, really, to cut them back too much. Well, so when, when you talk about cutting back, you know, and you, you, you use the term bob uh, yeah. in you know, I associate that kind of with with topping, and you know, topping is not of any value. Topping is detrimental. Uh, it, it shortens the life of the tree, so we don't want to top trees at all. Now, assuming that, that the tree is is vigorous, it's a healthy tree in the first place. You know, pruning is not going to hurt the thing. Uh, probably the better time to do that is. Uh, uh, you know, when the tree is, is growing pretty good, actively growing, because that allows it to recover uh, and to heal those wounds up, or, or just prior to it initiating new growth. So uh, late this winter, early this spring, uh, when this when these trees are getting ready to, you know, to take off and start growing, um, is, is not a bad time, because number one, they are going to start growing pretty soon. So they can start that healing process so that these wounds don't, don't stay open for an excessively long period of time. And, and also, uh, they're, they're not full of leaves. The, fo- the, the, the limbs are not covered with leaves, so you can see what's going on. And they're not as heavy uh, to move because you don't have all that leaf uh, litter to deal with and the volume of leaves attached to the, to the branches. Um, you know, it, when, you, when, you, when you cut them back, when, when you prune them out, um, so, some things you want to consider uh, – 
in pairs are, are kind of bad about this. They, they have a lot of vertical growth, not so much horizontal growth, where the limbs come out more at a, at a flat angle versus a more acute angle. Those joints tend to be weaker, okay? So, uh, y- you know, if you've got limbs that are growing up uh, uh, off of, say, a, a, a horizontal limb, you know, you might remove some of those. Uh, if you have limbs that are crossing over one another so that they are rubbing uh, when the wind blows, uh, it's a good idea to remove uh, 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 some of those so that they, they don't have the, the damage into the bark uh, when the wind blows and they're rubbing against one another, that kind of thing. Um, and when... Uh, uh, when you you look at it reducing the height, you know taking that canopy back and uh, uh, maybe backing it up some away from the house if it's too close to it. You, you want to take it back to uh, uh, when, when you cut when you, when you make that pruning cut. You want to take it back to a a you know to a bud or to another branch or something so that you don't just have this 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 stub sticking out there. Uh, and that's part of the problem with topping because they cut them back to these stubs and and then you know decay is a good place for decay to set in because they hardly ever heal over very good. And you produce lots of uh, uh, lots of uh, water sprouts or suckers, uh, uh, limb suckers that come off that grow really, really fast. Um, we we have when I say we, uh, University of Tennessee Extension has a publication, and it is uh, uh, the publication is best management practices for pruning uh, landscape trees and shrubs. And it has some excellent guidelines in there about uh, uh, and, and diagrams showing folks kind of the uh, you know some better ways uh, to to prune uh, trees and, and, and shrubs. Um, this is uh, this is available. Uh, you can just you know if you just Google University of Tennessee Extension, and it'd take you right to our homepage. And it will, uh, 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 you go to uh, UT Extension uh, Publications, and the name, again, of the publication is Best Management Practices for Pruning uh, Landscape Trees and Shrubs. You know, you can, get, you can print a copy of it off there. You can just download a copy, you know, and read through it. Or, uh, you know, if, 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 if you'd like, you know, if you, if you called me at the office or if you uh, sent me an email uh, and says, hey, could you forward uh, me this uh, publication, I'd be glad to do that so that you'd have a reference that you could look at. But think about doing that, you know, in this late February, early March time frame. Uh, uh, or if you miss that time, then think about in June uh, when you'd actually do your printing. We're about out of time. Thank you for joining us this morning. Mitchell Moat with us from the Agricultural Extension Service. Hey, have a great day. See you tomorrow. He's got a bag that's filled with toys.